Welcome back to Dirty Chai Chats, a podcast all about sexual health, love, and relationships at Tufts. I'm Gio, a sex health rep. And my name is Flo, one of the directors of the Observer Audio team and the co-host of this podcast. Welcome to our Smut Slam episode. The Smut Slam is traditionally an annual open mic held by the Tough Sex Health reps where students submit their funniest, freakiest, most embarrassing sex stories. This year, we're excited to be hosting this event in the form of a podcast episode. We've invited a few anonymous readers to narrate some of the best stories we received. Alright, so here's how it works. You'll hear 20 stories over the course of this episode, each of which will be introduced with a number. At the end, you'll be able to vote on your favorite stories, so be sure to take notes on the number that correlates to your top three choices. Voting will take place from Friday, April 9th to Sunday, April 11th on the Sex Health Rep Instagram story at Tufts SHR. Winning stories will be announced Monday, April 12th, and the Slammers will have an opportunity to collect their prizes. On the SHR Instagram, you'll also find a post with a bingo board that you can use to organize a safe listening party with you and your friends. Let the slam begin! Number one. After a heavy makeout session in my dorm room, this guy was unwrapping a condom. He said, I always get nervous during this part because the first time I had sex, my partner's dad walked in while I was opening a condom. Don't worry, I said, trying to be very sexy. My dad isn't home. We smiled at each other as he rolled it on. And then someone knocked on my door. He jumped and immediately went soft. The timing was terrific. Number two. One of my best friends is a second year college student on the other end of the country, but we stay in touch enough for her to share this misadventure. She had been questioning her sexuality for a while by the time all of this happened. She was chatting with a male acquaintance in okay looking dude at a dorm party when she decided it might be a good idea to see once and for all if she could be satisfied by a man. The two snuck to his room and did the deed. She said it was like being slapped by a ribbed sea cucumber. She faked pleasure and orgasm half-heartedly, knowing that her act was thoroughly unconvincing. Once it was finally over, the guy pulled out. He looked her dead in the eyes, smiled weakly, and said, Huh, I didn't know you were a lesbian. She laughed uncomfortably, then freely, suddenly knowing this to be the truth. Processing this realization would have to wait, however. As she sat up, she noticed with horror that the condom, which had so recently graced his dangling member, was gone. Wait, we used a condom, right? Oh shit! He looked startled. No wait, we totally did. Remember, because I couldn't get it on right? The two spent better than 20 minutes searching the room for the missing condom, but it seemed to have entered a different dimension and disappeared into the void. Back at my friend's dorm a few hours later, she felt something in her vagina. 
I believe the word she used to describe the sensation was squelchy. Realizing the possibility of the condom's location, she rushed to the bathroom and poked her fingers into her vagina. Sure enough, her fingertips touched something rubbery deep inside. It was too slippery to grab and too thin to push out, but she tried desperately nonetheless. Exasperated, she looked up and spotted her roommate's tweezers on the sink. Salvation! She grabbed them and excitedly shoved them up, and after a few moments of grabbing blindly with the tweezers, the old, soggy condom was successfully in her blood-stained hands. The next morning, she had some following up to do. She washed the tweezers, took a plan B, texted the guy that all was good, and scheduled a tetanus shot. Upon second glance, those tweezers were hella crusty. After the night before, she had felt a little tired, a little sore, and very, very relieved. She had finally discovered and accepted that she was completely and undoubtedly gay. She is now in a relationship with a girl and has never been happier. She discovered a lot about herself that night. And hey, she was due for a tetanus shot anyway. Number three. At first, it just started with a finger in the guy's ass while I was writing. Then it turned into two fingers and then a butt plug or vibrator. I was feeling super adventurous and dominant. So while a butt plug was vibrating in his ass, I bent his legs over his head, told him to open his mouth, and I jacked him off and made him come all over his own face and mouth. Guys should have a taste of what they're ejaculating into our mouths. Number four. I just moved off campus at the start of my junior year and lost my meal plan. I barely figured out what groceries to get each week, and if I ran out before the next grocery trip, I tended to use some of my housemates' groceries. This dinner, I decided to spice things up in the kitchen and chopped some ambiguous green peppers from the fridge to add kick into the tofu dish I was making. By the time it was ready to eat, the heat of the peppers seared a confusing combination of tingling and burning in my palms and back of my hands. I tasted some of my tofu and it was quite spicy. I barely ate any after. I scrapped that dinner and ate other leftovers. I went along with the rest of my business and forgot about this unfortunate meal as the night carried on. After a certain point in the evening, I invited my partner to come over for the night. We talked, I recounted my day, then the conversation shifted from talk to touch. We made out and undressed slowly. As I gave him a blowjob, an interesting sensation creeped slowly into one hand. It seemed like the saliva and liquid in the mess we were making reactivated the pepper residue on my hand. By this point, it felt like familiar tingles, though less intense than the painful burns stinging both my hands a few hours earlier. I continued, swapping my dry hand out for the other, and he finished. The tingles seemed to grow stronger the more my hand interacted with the saliva lube semen wetness, as if it were impossible to wash away the sting, if that were what I was trying to do. My partner turned to me and asked in a whisper, did you say your hands sting from cutting peppers today? I nodded, unclear why he would ask again. He nodded back at me solemnly and gestured half-heartedly to his penis. It was at this point that I understood. We lay next to each other for the next five minutes and as he began to pant, I slowly replayed the scene in my head, accepting with a grim, elated mortification that I had spiced his dick. Number five. 
I had spoken this guy on Tinder for about two weeks. We FaceTimed super often and honestly really just got along crazy well. He told me he had pretty bad OCD and anxiety, and I have major anxiety as well, so I was prepared to navigate that if I was forming any kind of relationship with him. Eventually, I go to his house. He had roommates, so I felt safe going, and we talk about computer science and watch some movies and had a good time. I told him about how I'm a member of the Satanic Temple, which is non-theistic. He thinks it is pretty sick. Eventually, you know, we have sex. It's great. I decide to spend the night. Next morning, have sex again. Very good time. Now, at this point, he gets a letter from the state about his license, and he is like, this is a secret code. I am obviously thinking, what the fuck are you talking about? I try to be patient with him because he had told me earlier he has OCD. He decodes this letter a bit, and then we get food. Then he plays with this cool butterfly knife. Then he puts it away because he was worried he would drop it or something. And then eventually he gets a package, and he starts saying the numbers on the labels are connected to the letter. He starts writing so much and figuring out what these numbers are telling him, and eventually he pulls up some coordinates and looks at it in Google Maps and pulls out a picture of the ocean, and he is like, look, do you see it? You have to tell me you do. And I have no clue what he is seeing, and I tell him this, and I am trying to stay calm and just understand what is happening. Then he is like, oh, I see what is happening here, and then proceeds to explain that he has been followed by members of the Satanic Temple because they wanted to protect me, and that I lied about my entire identity because I need him to do something important. He says I am 23, I am 18, and that I am trying to impersonate his ex-girlfriend. His ex's name and my sister's name were similar, so he used that as proof. He said we both have colored hair, big boobs, and are pretty, so obviously I am trying to be her, right? He goes crazy for a bit about how I'm a liar, but I did feel safe and knew he wouldn't hurt me. I was just trying to figure out how the fuck he got to this conclusion. Eventually, he whispers in my ear, Honestly, it's kind of hot how you lied to me about all of this and starts kissing me and shit. And honestly, I was just being a horny motherfucker and we have sex again. And he constantly is talking about how it's so hot that I am almost five years older than him and that it is so hot that I lied. And he really gets off on it. But the sex was really good, man. So I just let that shit happen. After that happens, he ends up going back to the coding shit, and then he takes my arms and rubs off the temporary tattoos I had to make sure they really were not real. What the fuck? And then he goes to the bathroom. When he comes back, he looks in the closet where he put the butterfly knife, and he is really mad at me. I get accused of taking it. He thinks I am trying to hurt him or something, and obviously I didn't take the damn knife. Eventually, he finds it, and then he goes even crazier, saying things like, You can't leave. I will not drive you home until I figure all of this out. You must be from the CIA. What happened to the Satanic Temple? Then he says things like, I need you here, even though you are my enemy. I like you so much, and I need you to stay with me for as long as possible. And I'm like, buddy, I have a final exam tomorrow, and I need to go. He, like, begs me to stay. Eventually, I get overwhelmed, and I just get an Uber and run the fuck out of there. He ended up going back to his home state, going into a mental hospital for like two weeks, reached out to me. We talked for like three days about how bad his delusions were, but then he started sending like a shit ton of voice memos a day saying he loved me. So I just told him he needs to get help and blocked him. But man, it was some of the best sex I have ever had. Number six. So I tried being a sugar baby for a bit. 
met up with this professor from Harvard, and I told him that I don't want to have vaginal sex. So he was adamant on anal, and I was like, why not? We do that. It honestly feels good, and eventually he wants me on top. So I do that, and literal poop just comes out. I'm on the verge of tears. I just shit on this man's dick. He's like, no worries. Carries my poop to the fucking toilet and flushes it and lets me take a shower to clean up real quick, and then he just has sex with me again. I guess he didn't really care and, like, understood it could happen, but I was so fucking embarrassed. Eventually, when he went to the bathroom, I found another piece of shit on his bed, and he was in his bathroom, so I put it down to his kitchen and then washed my hands. I got, like, $200. Found out I liked anal, and he, like, was obsessed with me, but I cut it off when I decided I didn't want to be a sugar baby anymore. Number seven. So I was just starting to get with this guy. Things were sweet, and we both kind of liked each other, but it was still early days. One day, he came over to my house when my parents were gone. It was probably our third hookup. I decided to give him a blowjob. Fun, right? Who doesn't love a good blowjob? I leaned down and started blowing him, only to realize a second later that I had gum in my mouth. Instantly, I sat back up and reached into my mouth to pull the gum out. It wasn't in my mouth. I heard him giggle and looked down at his erect penis to find my neon green, chewed up, spearmint gum plopped onto the tip of his dick. Mortified, I snatched it off and with my mouth wide open went, I am so sorry. He then laughed for five minutes straight. Number eight. Something super embarrassing that happened to me was when my boyfriend was at my house and he was there for a longer period of time because we're long distance. So this also means when we have sex, sometimes had to be when people are in the house because we could usually only visit each other during the holidays. Anyway, one time we had just finished doing the deed and there was a knock at my door. We scrambled to cover ourselves when my dad walked in the room pretty immediately after knocking. My boyfriend was naked, sitting behind me, and I had managed to cover myself under the blanket, but it was pretty obvious what was happening. Anyway, he told me that we had better leave to go to the pool now That's where we had planned to go that day, so we could have some time to cool off. That was the day my dad had to come to terms with me being sexually active, which is a pretty awkward day for the both of us. Fast forward to last semester, when I accidentally sent a picture of a huge rainbow dildo meant to be sent into my friend's group chat, into my family's group chat instead. I scrambled to delete it after I saw that I'd sent it to the wrong chat, but alas, my dad had already seen it. However, he just responded with, haha, I saw that, and thought it was hilarious. So, moral of the story is, if your dad walks in on you having sex, there really isn't much else that could phase him after that. Number nine. So, over the summer, while with my parents in quarantine, and about five months into full celibacy and isolation from anyone besides them, I made plans with an old friend with benefits in a similar quarantine situation. I don't usually hook up when parents are home, but with COVID, both our families were home all the time. I went over to his place, and we started getting into it. After a bit, we were both butt naked, and he was going down on me. As I was getting close to coming, his door opened, and his four-year-old brother ran into the room. I just stared in shock, with my legs wide open and my body shaking. Then, as I tried to cover up, his mom came in to grab the brother her hand covering her eyes as she said, sorry, sorry, don't mind us, which like, 
Very chill of her, but so uncomfortable. Once they left, I tried to enjoy the rest of my time, seeing as I wasn't going to be getting any for a while, but I was so mortified and couldn't really get back into it. When I was leaving, the whole family was in the kitchen, and I just made a beeline for the door, making as little eye contact as possible. Number 10. I slept with a new guy for the first time. Woke up the next morning in bed with him with explosive diarrhea. Super sexy, I know. The sex and the poop were unrelated, but it was embarrassing nonetheless. Number 11. I hooked up with my ex about three times after breaking up with him. And without fail, every single time I started crying right as he came. One time, I tried to explain why, even though I didn't really understand myself. And I said it was sort of like a release. And he said, like a fart? Number 12. Last winter break, my partner and I wanted to have sex one last time before having to go into our separate COVID bubbles. My parents' house is too small for me to feel comfortable doing such an inherently noisy activity, so we'd been finding secluded outdoor places to have our fun. This night, we decided to spice it up with some role play on the way to our woodsy sex spot, posing as two backpackers who are hiking together for the first time. We set the scene, found a suitable place to make camp, and were just about to go into a dialogue that would end with us naked in the same sleeping bag. I say just about to because before I even put my stuff down, we heard a chorus of coyotes howling from multiple directions. The next thing I remember is my partner telling me to slow down understandably disappointed that my terrified ass left her to be eaten by the coyotes that probably didn't actually give a fuck that we were there. I wish the story had ended with our awkward walk back to the car, but we were determined to bump uglies that night. To calm our nerves, we got milkshakes, and then we drove across town to a more urban park that I thought would suit our needs. Skipping the roleplay this time, we went straight to foreplay against the telephone pole. Things were getting good, and I was down as heck to do it on the ground right there. I look up for a second, and what do I see? Another fucking coyote prowling the streets in search of something to eat. Foiled once again, we walk back to the car to plot our next move. Did I mention that we were determined to do the sex that night? Refusing to accept defeat, we drove to another park that I thought would be good. We were so desperate at this point that we were seriously considering doing it in the middle of a field. We walked to the middle and spent at least 10 minutes scanning the park for sex spots and potential coyote dens. And then I had the best sex of my life. Just kidding. We walked back to the car because we were too paranoid about the mere possibility of seeing another furry beast. At this point, it was 1 or 2 a.m. and we were both exhausted. So what did we do? We drove back to my parents' house and had quiet sex in my childhood bed. And that's the story of how I got cock-blocked by coyotes twice in the same night. Number 13. I went to visit my high school girlfriend's neighborhood in Brooklyn, and we stayed the night with her friend instead of with her parents, who didn't want to meet me, a white dude. The friend lived in a small room that she sublet from the building's owners and only had a bunk bed to sleep. Just some background, she was my girlfriend's best, closest childhood friend 
who I was meeting for the first time that day. Hence, we were not super comfortable around one another. That didn't stop me, a 17-year-old with raging hormones, from trying to quietly get it on with my girl. Her friend quickly fell asleep on the top bunk of the bunk bed, and we were tasked with having sex that was both silent and fun-slash-pleasurable. Kind of a paradox in retrospect. As you can imagine, it wasn't great. I can't imagine what was going through my girlfriend's head. It was much easier for me, seeing as I didn't personally know the girl and wasn't too embarrassed at being caught. Number 13. I went to visit my high school girlfriend's neighborhood in Brooklyn, and we stayed the night with her friend instead of with her parents, who didn't want to meet me, a white dude. The friend lived in a small room that she sublet from the building's owners and only had a bunk bed to sleep. Just some background, she was my girlfriend's best, closest childhood friend, who I was meeting for the first time that day. Hence, we were not super comfortable around one another. That didn't stop me, a 17-year-old with raging hormones, from trying to quietly get it on with my girl. Her friend quickly fell asleep on the top bunk of the bunk bed, and we were tasked with having sex that was both silent and fun-slash-pleasurable. Kind of a paradox in retrospect. As you can imagine, it wasn't great. I can't imagine what was going through my girlfriend's head. It was much easier for me, seeing as I didn't personally know the girl and wasn't too embarrassed at being caught. Number 14. One night, during my first semester freshman year, I was very horny and wanted to feel other flesh. I knew another guy who was into me and decided to show up to his room without pairing slash cleaning at all. As I arrived, I noticed that his roommate was asleep and started to chicken out. The guy I was hooking up with said it was fine and proceeded to kick his roommate out of the room. So, we began making out, tongue wrestling each other. Ultimately, one thing led to another and we were essentially naked. I was getting ready to have sex with him until he looked at me straight in the eyes and asked, can I eat you out? At that moment, I had remembered that I had not showered and proceeded to tell him. He, however, did not flinch at the fact that I had not showered. He looked at me, straight in the eyes, and tells me, that just adds flavor to it. He was being dead serious. My ass turned red as fuck and didn't know whether to allow it to happen. I said, fuck it, and let him do it. Honestly, it felt like somebody was just wiping my ass with baby towels. But the idea of him potentially eating butt sweat and poop made me want to gag. After he was done, he asked me whether he could touch it. My face dropped and put my clothes on as quick as possible. I was not about to do more with a guy who refers to a penis as it. He then asked me whether we would do this again sometime and I just plainly walked out of his room and his dorm. I am never doing that again. Number 15. After arriving home from college from winter break, my ass decided to hop on a grinder to see who was available at the moment. There was this cute, husky Latino guy that lived near me. I messaged him immediately, and soon after I got a reply back. We kept exchanging messages until we got to the hookup part. We both wanted to meet up with one another. However, neither one of us could host. So, we agreed to meet at a Walmart bathroom stall in an hour. I quickly showered, told my parents that I was going to Walmart real quick. My father wanted to tag along, 
But I didn't let him because, one, I'm not out to him. Also, it would be weird if I told him that I was hooking up with a random guy at a Walmart. So, I told him that I was actually getting Christmas presents, stepped on the gas, and flew to Walmart as soon as possible. Once I got there, I walked over to the bathroom stalls. I walked into the handicap stall, and the guy immediately recognized me and walked in right behind me. He said that he only wanted to give me a blowjob, and that he wasn't expecting anything in return. I pulled down my pants and grasped onto his hair. I was expecting to get the soul sucked out of me, but he didn't suck me at all. He proceeded to feel my ass and trace my ass crack with his fingers. Confused, I let him do it for a few minutes, but he wouldn't stop and started pinching my ass. I asked him whether he was going to blow me, and he said, no, I want to feel your hair instead. <laughs> I, was, I was very confused about the situation, because I was expecting something completely different. So, I told him that my mom was expecting me home. I left the bathroom, bought some Walmart gift cards, and gave it to my parents for Christmas. Number 16. During my study abroad trip, I had a fling with this guy a few years older. We had been hooking up for a few weeks when he invited us over for drinks in his common space on his apartment building's ground floor. He lived with mom, so this was the best we were going to get. Usually, you have to reserve the space in advance and pay $10 an hour. There was no lock on the door, so anyone could walk in at any time. The risk of being caught made it all the hotter when we started to make out on the mini sofa in the room. We had to keep the lights off so no one could see us in the room but there was still enough light from the outside where we could see each other. We started to get more into it and moved into the kitchen area. The guy lifted me up and put me onto the countertop. He was being dominant in a very sexy way. I was very wet at this point and the buildup was killing me. While sitting on top of the kitchen counter, we both took off our shirts. As our belt started to come off, he ripped my pants off me. Okay. There weren't any literal rips, but he was so aggressive that it wouldn't have surprised me if he caused a tear or two in my jeans. Anyway, at this point, we were both completely naked. Let me add that his dick was enormous, the biggest I have ever been with. He pulled me down from the countertop and asked if I wanted him to bend me over the kitchen counter and fuck me from behind. I was like, fuck yes. And I said, please, don't hold back on being dominant. I like it rough and will tell you if it's too rough. He turns me around, and I am bent over the counter. While I am bent over, he goes to put his dick in my pussy. It feels so good. He's holding my hair into a ponytail, and I'm really getting into this. I tell him to hold on so I can reposition myself. As he put his dick back inside of me, I feel this tremendous pain that sent shock waves through my body, and it wasn't coming from my vagina. He put his massive penis inside of my asshole by accident. I had never done anal and was sure as hell not prepared for it. He immediately realized his mistake and was apologetic. I'm still bent over the kitchen counter, naked and in excruciating pain, clenching my ass cheeks together so I can subsidize the pain. While I'm trying to collect myself, the guy tells me that I'm bleeding. I look down and I see a stream of blood going down my leg. I rush into the bathroom and hold toilet paper to my asshole to stop the bleeding. While I was hopping, hoping that compressing the spot would stop the bleeding, it did not. My asshole had torn, and the guy felt so bad. 
he started suggesting going to the emergency room. But I was like, hell no. I don't have to explain this to the medics. I was changing the, the toilet paper, collecting the blood coming out of my ass every 30 seconds, and the bleeding finally subs- subsided after 10 minutes of continuous pressure. I took it easy for the rest of the night, and for the following four days, I continued to have pain from my asshole that got worse every time I needed to take a shit. Number 17. So, one time I was getting back into my favorite show as a kid, Naruto. At the time, I had a girlfriend and she knew that I was obsessed with this show. So one night, we were hooking up and I got to the point where I was about to put it in and she said in a soft voice, Give it to me, sensei. I stopped dead in my tracks, pull away, and proceed to start laughing uncontrollably. After what felt like five minutes of laughing, I told her to please never use Naruto references again in the bedroom. Number 18. It had been five days. Five days of cock-blocking, awkward roommate run-ins, stolen kisses in the hallway, prolonged hugs, and sighing goodbyes laced with the tantalizing truth of what was desired but could not be. 3 a.m. arrived. The hall was quiet, no shadows of LED lights or whispers of Cardi B and the weekend leaking out from under doorways. Every creaking step we took was chased with hushed giggles, stumbling to push open the door into the fluorescent lights of the bathroom. We brushed our teeth, stealing glances and fluoride-filled smiles in the mirror. She ran her fingers through her hair, picking at the roots, realizing her drunkenly tousled locks would not do for her meeting the next morning. I need to shower, she said coyly. She grabbed my hand. Do you want to take a shower together? My heart stopped. My grin widened. My breaths became faster and shorter. She pulled me around the corner into the tiny translucent cubicle that, against all odds, was deemed an adequate shower for one person, much less sufficient for two horny motherfuckers on a Friday night. She twisted the faucet, releasing a slowly warming stream. We stepped under the water, her and her chacos and me and my $4 Target flip-flops, immersing ourselves in the downpour and letting our hands swim down each other's supple skin. Lips dewy with water droplets, hair slicked back, shoulders sparkling as suds of lavender body wash were lathered from head to toe. Then, in the midst of hazy moans and delirious breaths, the bathroom door swung open and clattered closed. Hesitant footsteps made their way past the toilets, around the corner, pitter-pattering closer. We stood, frozen, eyes wide. I pointed at the two towels hanging over the door, a dead giveaway. I pointed at the two towels hanging over the door, a dead giveaway. The footsteps stopped. Oh. My. God. She laughed. Our friend, neighbor, confidant now implicated in our plucky transgression. She farted in our direction and skipped away, bidding us farewell in her usual manner. Uncontrolled laughter and countless apologies didn't seem to compensate for the shared embarrassment, horror, and glee captured in that tiny cubicle of a shower. Number 19. I was at a Halloween party and saw this girl from across the room and we almost instantly started dancing on each other and making out. The guys in the party were being obnoxious and wouldn't stop asking us for a three-way and staring at us like, grow up, it's 2019 and we are gay, so get over it. So we left and went back to my house. We were in the midst of a hot and steamy makeout sesh when she pulled away and asked if I wanted a 69. 
I was super into it because I'd never 69 with a girl before and loved the idea. She got on top of me, and to say the least, it was very enjoyable. Suddenly, and all at once, she queefed so loudly right on my face. We both broke out in gut-wrenching laughter, and she rolled off of me. After that, we couldn't even make out for longer than 10 seconds without laughing. It was just so ridiculous, we couldn't believe it. Haven't 69 with anyone since. Moral of the story, don't let a fart or queef get you down. And finally, here's number 20. It was fall of senior year, and thus college application season. I had recently gotten accepted to Tulane and decided to join the accepted students page on Facebook. As a horny 17-year-old does, I went browsing through the members page to see who my potential future soulmate might be. One girl in particular named Jennifer caught my eye because I thought I had recognized her. It hit me that a couple days before she had sent me a friend request. I decided to accept it and say hello. We ended up chatting and after realizing we'd both be around New York for winter break, she invited me to a party in the city for people committed to going to Tulane. Since I wasn't sure I'd be going there, she told me to fake it. I ended up going to the party with my friend Chris so I wouldn't so I wasn't around a bunch of strangers alone. When we got there, Jennifer greeted us with an excited scream. Overwhelmed by her energy, I went and sat on the couch for the next half hour. Meanwhile, Jennifer started dancing like she was clubbing in Ibiza and ended up playing strip pong where she was the only one actually stripping. I was thinking, this girl is kind of wild, but intriguing at the same time. I was weighing the pros and cons of making a move, but she beat me to the punch. Shortly after strip pong, she swept by the couch, reached out for my arm, and said, Come with me. She took me down to the pitch black basement, pulled me in close, and we started making out. Before I even had a chance to consider whether I was enjoying it, she got down, started undoing my pants, and gave me a blowjob. In retrospect, it was good that it was dark, and she had no view of my face because it had shock written all over it. Once she felt it made sense to move on, she got up and started undressing. Then the thought came across my mind. Is this my moment? Will I be losing my virginity on a linoleum floor between some exercise machines to a girl whose face I can barely make out in this dark basement? I didn't have to worry because my dick made the decision for me. Despite having a scantily clad girl in front of me for the first time in my life, I could not get hard. Even masturbating to try to get myself up wasn't doing it for me. Jennifer then decided to take her bra off to try to turn me on some more, but that did nothing. With her patience having finally run out, she furiously put her clothes back on and stormed upstairs, sobbing and repeating, He doesn't think I'm hot. I definitely thought she was, but my dick had different ideas. And that story concludes our 2021 Smut Slam. Thanks so much for tuning in. And as a reminder, make sure to vote on April 12th on the SHR Instagram at Tufts SHR. And stay tuned for more updates on the winning stories. We'll see you next time.